Hey everyone! In today's episode, I talk to Luisa Ruge, an animal center designer who's passionate about animals, their place in society, and how, as a designer, she can improve their well being. This episode was also brought to you by Shameless Pets, an all natural nutritionist crafted sustainable dog treat brand using surplus ingredients such as sweet potatoes that are too big or too small to have made it to the grocery stores. They're made in the USA, and their mission is to save as much food as possible by incorporating healthy foods into innovative and fun treats. You can use Mela25 at checkout for a 25% discount. So with that, let's get right into today's episode. Hi, I'm Daniela from Mela Pet Care, and I'm joined today by Luisa. She's one of the few animal-trained designers out there. So hi, Luisa. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, how are you? Great, thank you. So would you maybe like to introduce yourself and give a brief bit of background for the listeners? Sure, so I'm Luisa Ruge and my background is in industrial design. But throughout my career, I worked in mostly design research, helping companies of all sizes figure out product and service experiences. And then about seven years ago, I wanted to see how I could intersect animals with my practice of design. So I've been developing the field of animal-centered design. And my most recent milestone in that is a PhD in animal-computer interaction. That is amazing. I've never heard of that. It sounds incredibly impressive. So what are your beliefs and what's your creative process? So, you know, my belief is that as a designer, independent of what kind of designer you are, you do have a responsibility to be very purposeful in how you use design to change the world. And the change in the world doesn't mean it's the most amount of people or most amount of animals. It's more like how you influence behavior and perspectives. And to do that well, I do think context is incredibly important. And you need to think about how any design will change the lives of the people or animals you're designing for, not just through the direct use of the design, but what happens after they stop using it, others that are affected during its use. So really take like secondary and tertiary consequences into consideration. And then my creative process, I would say it's fueled by curiosity. I'm an incredibly curious person. And, but again, it's context. So when I think about design, I think there's a combination of my past experience, which has been pretty diverse, my observations, and you could say my scholarly knowledge. Uh, But when I do design and um, I'm creative, I... I go about finding patterns among all these different subject matters and topics and then applying a very collaborative and humble mindset because in, you know, that continuous curiosity is also a continuous openness to learn. And, and I know that if I, if I start with kind of my perspective on things through collaboration, it'll just get better. That's great. That's a good process. And I really love your mindset. But now stepping back here a little bit, for those who aren't familiar, what exactly is animal-centered design? 
So animal-centered design and animal-computer interaction as well, they're offshoots of disciplines that we've been working on with humans for, for a bit now. So really, um, human-centered design is an approach to problem solving. That's kind of the easiest way to define it. And animal-centered design, in theory, could be also human-centered design because we're all animals. <laughs> But it's a more focused approach to considering the animal as a legitimate user of products and services, which they are, and designing based on, on that, on what are their characteristics and capabilities as users. Yeah, that's great. I love taking them into account for sure. So what do you think is the impact on then how we interact with animals? So I think, you know, it, it depends on the animal, of course, because, you know, there's wild animals, there's domesticated animals. Um, so animals happen within our world anyways. But regardless of how they happen, um, the influence of humans on the planet itself is now pretty, you know, it's widespread. We influence everything. So... The approach, that animal-centered design approach, I think what it really does is raises awareness and contextualizes how our interactions with animals happen. So for example, if I'm thinking about a domestic animal that we use for a source of food, so any livestock, where morally, if you are for or against it, um, it's kind of not the issue, but they are users of land, they're users of corrals, they're users of, you could even include slaughterhouses, they're users of all these products and services around them, but these, these have been designed basically for the human, for the human to move animals from point A to point B, to feed them X amount a year, to have them do all these things. And by considering it through an a lens of animal-centered design, you can really start to think about the experience of the animal during this. And then when it comes to kind of closer animals we interact with more on a daily basis, you can think of even the wild birds in cities, like how has the city changed their habitats? And if that were to happen, how would you design for them? And then even closer to home is your pet animals or companion animals, dogs and cats, and how their lives have been shaped by humans and, and you know, what would they do if, if they could? We interrupt this episode to remind you of Shameless Pets, an all-natural nutritionist crafted sustainable dog treat brand using surplus ingredients such as sweet potatoes that are too big or too small to have made it to the grocery store. They're made in the USA and their mission is to save as much food as possible by incorporating healthy foods into innovative and fun treats. You can use Mela25 at checkout for a 25% discount. So with that, let's continue with this episode. Yeah, that's super cool. I know um, my dog would definitely appreciate that. And <laughs> you, humans have touched nearly every part of the earth. You're right. So it's really important to just kind of go back to our roots and appreciate our animals. And so I've also heard that you've recently co-founded Scout 9. So congratulations. Very exciting. So what is your mission and what do you guys do? So Scout 9 happened, so a little bit of background on my co-founder and I, Patrick. So we came together because our vision was to increase dogs' well-being by empowering pet partners to make better decisions on their behalf throughout their lives. Mm -hmm. So it 
goes back to what I was saying about, you know, standing in the animals, paws, hooves, whatever it is. And um, we have all these dogs with us and the population is just growing consistently. And COVID has kind of spiked the number of dogs people have adopted or acquired. And really, uh, when you think about it, we these all these dogs were purpose-bred initially for some sort of job, which usually happen in a rural context. But now we've moved them to the cities and we're buying a lot of products and services for them. Like the industry, you know, is huge. There's about, um, I think it's like $207.9 billion a year worldwide that are spent on dogs. So the mission behind Scout9 is like, how are we spending that money? And how can we leverage technology to make sure that money is being spent thinking and taking into account the dog's well-being as opposed to maybe, it, you know, the result of marketing or the result of a human preference that might in the end affect the dog. And, in, you know, the big problem is that, and I don't know if this happens to you and your dog, but a lot of our decision making right now is through trial and error. Mm. You kind of buy something, see if the dog likes it or not, who knows, and hopefully they do, or if they don't, nothing really bad happens. But, you know, there's some unintended consequences. So whether it's because you kind of didn't know you needed to socialize them, you never did, and now you're having like issues, or you chose this food that someone with a totally different dog recommended, and it wasn't good for your dog. And now, you know, they're suffering the consequences. So Scout9 really tries to create a virtual assistant that helps you as a pet partner throughout your journey with your dog to make sure that the decisions you're making won't have those unintended consequences and will actually improve their well-being. That is an amazing idea. And I know also saves a lot of time and is very efficient instead of you know laying out all these bags of dog food and going, which one do you like? Dog doesn't like any of them. You're back to square one. So helpful for everyone, really. Love that. Thank you. Yeah. And so what does the future have in store for your journey, not only through like Scout 9, but also through your animal-centered design? So I think, you know, hopefully my journey involves kind of having more people like me exist. That's <laughs> So, and when I say like me, it's not necessarily like, not everybody needs to go and get a PhD. <laughs> That's a whole other thing. But, um, you know, I really hope my journey involves just getting the message out there, increasing that awareness of uh, when you think of animals as users of products and services, how that changes your perspective. And I'd love there to be, just as there's a different fields of design you specialize in, so like product design, transportation design, fashion design, there, there should be an animal design in there as well. So um, that's kind of a long-term goal. So yeah, I mean, in a nutshell, I hope my journey involves a kind of interacting with people in a way that there are more people like me in the world. And I hope so too. Yeah, that's great. 
So now you're at a perfect time for you to answer our Mellow Signature question, which is something that all of our guests get to talk about. And that's, what does pet health and wellness mean to you in today's day and age? So I think, well, actually, I think we, we might have talked a little bit about it, but so it's, con it's context. Mm -hmm. So um, it's a little bit of that context that we've, we've kind of imported our pets into very urban areas that aren't necessarily um, easy for them to live in. So for me, it really means about thinking about the consequences of this change in context and of the evolution of how we interact with our pets and how health and wellness is now a responsibility even more so than, than before because there's a lot of things that are are negatively affecting them. So the closer, the smaller spaces, the lowered amounts of activity. So kind of that, that's it to me. It's like we hold the power to take them with us. So we also hold the power to figure out how those changes affect them and how that should be managed through health and wellness. Yeah, we definitely do. That's a great answer. Thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. So as we're wrapping up this discussion today, I'd love to know how to keep up to date with what you're doing. How can the listeners, you know, stay in touch with you? Great. So you can find me on Twitter at, at Animal Centered. Um, I usually post somewhat regularly. Of course, LinkedIn, Luisa Ruge, a, and Animal Centered. That's the only person you'll find. You can also follow us on LinkedIn through Scout9 that also has, has a page. And my personal website, luisaruje.com, has a bit about my background and some of the published papers and other stuff I'm working on. If, you, like, if you're interested in reaching out, learning more, please do so. Like I said, I'm happy to just share this with others and, and, and get it out there. Yeah, hope that happens. <laughs> I think everyone really wants to know about animal-centered design. I don't think anyone's actually heard about it. So hopefully this is a, a door opener for some people. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a great chat. No, thank you, Daniela. Thank you all for listening and hope you enjoyed this special episode.